Welcome. Today I'm going to do a closing argument in the series called The Case for Healing. Yesterday was the last episode in the series, and today will be the closing argument where I will summarize much of what I have been sharing over the last few weeks. For those who are unaware, a closing argument traditionally in the legal world is after you've presented your case, it's usually the last 10 minutes, 15, 20 minutes or so that you get to talk to the jury and really just try and reinforce the points and the facts you made to convince them of your case. In the first episode, we discussed repentance. The idea of what is repentance? It's not simply a shift in our behavior, but rather it's a surrendering of the way that we were taught to think to exchange it for the way that God is trying to teach us to think. As we begin to shift the way that we think, it then becomes easier to connect to God and to begin to manifest and see God's life flow to us and through us. We have to remember that you and I were taught, usually not by God growing up. We were taught by our parents, by the public, by education systems, and the things that we were taught by them we often received to be completely true, yet these were fallen humans that often had not completely repented themselves. They were not flowing from God directly to us. Instead, they had learned from somebody who learned from somebody who learned from somebody, and eventually it just gets passed down to us. So our repentance process is us surrendering even what our parents taught us, even the things that seem good, and just taking them to the Lord and saying, hey God, this is what I was taught. What would you like to teach me? I'm willing to exchange what the world taught me for what you would like to teach me directly. In episode number two, we discussed Christ reveals the Father. This is the idea that there is only one man in all of scripture and in all of history that was ever sent down from heaven to perfectly reveal God the Father to mankind. And that was Jesus. That is Jesus. He's still, he's still alive and he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. When we see Jesus, we see the Father. When we hear Jesus, we hear the Father. The teachings that Jesus brought were the teachings of the Father God. This is vitally important because this makes or breaks what it means to be Christ-centered. This alone can help prevent us from accidentally stumbling into idolatry and from lifting somebody else up to the place that Christ alone is supposed to have in our lives. This also gives us a powerful tool for evaluating other teaching. Does it line up with what Jesus teaches? Is it contrary to what Jesus teaches? If it's contrary to the teachings of Christ, it cannot be true. Because Jesus revealed God the Father perfectly to mankind. In the third episode, titled, What is Salvation?, we went over all of the scriptures, or at least many of the scriptures, using the word sozo, the Greek word for salvation. And we got to see that it was a comprehensive approach. It's not just this idea of dying and going to heaven for the afterlife, 
But as the word is used in the Gospels by Jesus himself and throughout the New Testament, we see the word applying to spirit, soul, and body. It's a multifaceted word that applies to the whole man. God created humans in the image of God. He created us with a spirit, a soul, and a body. And we see that salvation actually includes saving of our spirit, our soul, and our body. Physical healing for now. Deliverance for issues of the soul now. Eternal redemption now that we get to enter into all the way into the afterlife. In episode number four, I discussed the same trio. This is the fact that we have the same Father, the same Son, and the same Holy Spirit. What we saw them do in the New Testament is what they do today. They have not changed. They healed people in the New Testament. We see that in the Gospels. And we're still living in that time. They still heal people today. At the end of that episode, I did a 20-minute clip, which I'm calling Supplemental Sozo. That's where I went through all of the verses that use the word salvation to refer to physical healing. There's actually quite a number of those throughout the Gospels where Jesus and the disciples use the word sozo, salvation, to refer to physical healing. If the man establishing what salvation is uses the word to refer to physical healing, we should also accept that as a reality. In episode number five, titled The Twelve Doubts, I went over a lot of the common religious theological hang-ups that sometimes prevent people from believing in healing or stepping out and seeing it as a reality in their own life or the lives of those around them. Some of the things covered are, is it always God's will to heal the sick? Well, we already learned that Christ reveals the Father, and Christ healed everyone who came to Him. We see that it's always God's will to heal the sick. That doesn't mean every person automatically receives healing, but that does mean it's always His will, and so we know we can always come to God for our healing. We also saw that the timing for healing was at the cross. It's already been provided for. We are not waiting for God to decide that he's willing to heal us. Rather, we are learning how to receive the healing that he's already freely given to us. There is a difference in those two mentalities. We learn that God does not have a purpose for sickness in the lives of his children. He does not give us sickness to teach us a lesson. We discussed the idea of having enough faith to receive healing and that that's rarely an issue. The issue is usually an understanding of how to receive healing, not whether we have enough faith to receive healing. We also discussed the idea of misinterpreted experiences. What happens when you have a loved one that's believing for healing and yet they don't receive it? Maybe they pass away anyways. What's going on in that situation? Where's some understanding? We discussed that a little bit. We discussed the concept known as the sovereignty of God, Paul's thorn in the flesh, and what about Job, since Job is a common one for healing. In the sovereignty of God, we see that 
that does not mean that God is just sitting up in heaven deciding whether or not he's going to bring healing down to us. That's not the case. There's been a common misunderstanding throughout the church, uh, kind of a, a perversion of that of the concept of the sovereignty of God in a way that often brings harm to our faith. In episode 6, titled Pagan Medicine, I discussed some of the belief systems behind modern medicine. The idea that we pursue the creation for healing instead of the creator. Because there's this innate belief that causes us to look to the earth to walk by sight instead of by faith. And so we look to the earth for the healing of our bodies. Somewhere within this belief system that occurred in the fall is this idea that God is far away from us and separate. It's this belief that the physical realm and the spiritual realm are somehow separated that the natural and the supernatural are far apart and that we need a divine intervention to see the supernatural invade the natural. But that's not accurate because it is God himself who makes up the very creation. And so we see that we need to look beyond the creation to the creator to receive our healing. In this episode was also discussed some of the influence of my profession, the lawyers, upon modern medicine, and how sometimes medical decisions are not made based in the best interest of your health care and healing, but rather in the interest of the doctors protecting themselves legally from lawyers coming after them, even if it's to the detriment and harm of your health. Very briefly discussed, which I have not dug into there and I may at a future time, but I'm not right now. You can dig into this and just talk to the Lord about it for yourself. But briefly discussed was the original Hippocratic Oath, which the very first line begins with, I swear by the gods Apollo, Asclepius, Hygieia, and Panacea. And as we look in that from a Christian perspective, we would not just call those pagan gods, we would likely call those demons. And we discussed briefly how the doctrine of those demons is actually what makes up much of the theories of modern medicine today. I only did a cursory overview of that. I'm not going into that in depth right now because I realize that would be uh, very controversial at the moment if people realize the system of healing that they believe in was founded not upon God, but rather upon demons. Also discussed in that episode was the knowledge of good and evil, education, why we value educational institutes and knowledge more than we value God. And that's because the fall of man brought a shift in our thinking that disconnected us from God and plugged us into knowledge, particularly the knowledge of good and evil. So whenever we see somebody that has knowledge where it's seemingly good, like they're trying to overcome something seemingly bad. For this example, medicine. Hey, let's pursue a way to bring health and healing that overcome sickness. Well, that seems like we're doing something good to overcome something bad. The issue is that's the knowledge of good and evil. And we can just look at the system and say, hey, is there death coming from this system? Well, we see that one of the top 10 killers regularly, often in the top three or five, is through medicine. It's actually a huge way that people die. 
It outnumbers death by guns and all kinds of violence by far. So if we have a system that we've established to try to bring healing, but it's actually killing a bunch of people, it's time to step back and say, hey, would God really establish a system of healing for his children that causes many of them to die as they pursue healing? Also discussed was just a little bit about the idea that the New Testament shows us that Satan is behind sickness and disease. And so if I was to go out there and ask somebody to inject me with sickness and disease to protect me from sickness and disease, logically speaking, that's the idea of asking Satan for protection from Satan. It is not the idea of going to life for protection from death because those are two different sources. Briefly discussed was the idea that we are a temple of the Holy Spirit and God himself ordained how healing of his temple works. But if we're going to a system of pagan idolatry and hoping that that will bring healing to the temple of God, the issue is that when we step back and look at it from a spiritual perspective and we're walking by faith and not by sight, we're actually pursuing assistance from somebody other than God to try to rebuild that which literally belongs to God and is inhabited by God. If we learn that God himself loves you and he is willing to bring you health and healing and life, we must simply turn to him for this. In episode 7, where I was maybe a little more loud preachery on that one, but this is where I, I encouraged you that you are the light of the world. It is not the world that is your light, but you are the light of the world. The world is waiting for you to become the light. The world is not trying to come up with a healing solution where they're going to succeed because God has ordained you as the Christian to be the solution to the world's healing needs. There's only one class of people that Christ ever ordained to heal the sick. And that was believers in Christ. In episode 9, titled Lab Rats, I shared some of my inside story about when I spent two years of my life selling my body to science so they could experiment on me with experimental medications. I gave you some insight behind what that looked like. I also discussed whenever I was in the military and I got injected with the experimental anthrax vaccine and how there were a number of negative side effects to it that were well known by the people getting injected with it, but the government literally tried to cover it up to the public so that it wouldn't look so bad for what they were doing. Many of my fellow military friends still suffer from many of the results of the anthrax vaccine. I was actually injected with three different batches that were later determined to be defective and cause all kinds of side effects. But nobody did their research before they injected us with it. They just rushed it out as quick as they could. I also show in that episode just some of the behind the scenes negative things that may actually be going into a lot of what we're taught about modern medicine. You know, some of the side effects, some of the results, how some of the safety um, tests are not actually done near as accurate or near as well as they could be. 
Also briefly discussed is how that's a system of walking by sight and not by faith. So if you have somebody who has a belief system that empowers them to greater health and healing, it's very possible they're far more resistant to many of the side effects. And the people that might react negatively to the side effects are often tossed out of these studies and prohibited from ever coming back. So it's not necessarily an accurate picture of how many people may get really bad side effects. In episode 10, The Knowledge of Good and Evil and Healing, I discussed how the knowledge of good and evil affects the way we think about healing. The very thing that brought the fall of the human race, the thing that caused us to disconnect to God, connect to ourselves, and decide we were going to pioneer our own way, and yet that was the thing that brought death to all of mankind. We are still thinking that way today as we're trying to bring healing. We're using the very way of thinking that's designed to kill and bring death, and we're trying to use that way of thinking to bring healing and life. It simply cannot work. Even if we see a little bit of light here and there and something or something that seems like light, something that seems like healing, something that seems like hope, that way of thinking will never be able to completely solve it. I believe it was Albert Einstein that said, you cannot solve a problem with the same level of thinking that created it. In episode 11, titled Kingdom Thinking, I discussed the mindset that Jesus would have had about sickness and disease. Imagine you were raised in heaven where there's no sickness, just health and life and healing and light. And then you were sent down to earth to teach the people how it truly works. You would have a much stronger belief in health and healing and life as opposed to this earthly way of thinking that sometimes causes us to have a greater faith in death and sickness than in life. Also discussed was Isaiah chapter 53.3 where it says that Jesus was a man acquainted with sickness. He knew sickness. He understood it. He comprehended it. He's the only one that God ever declared was the one that understood and comprehended sickness. And we see that Christ reveals the Father, which means God sent us a Savior for our bodies who completely understood sickness and how healing truly worked. And he established an understanding of that and left that for us. We also saw that whenever modern medicine was created, the origins of it, which you know most of us attribute that to Hippocrates, there was a system created that skipped over Jesus. It did not shift whenever God sent down the Savior to say, hey, this is how healing works. You, know, you have heard it said this, but here's the new way. Here's the new way. Here's the understanding, the accurate way that actually brings healing. And did it powerfully so. Jesus had more healing in his ministry than anyone anywhere before him. Probably more than everyone before him in the entire world combined. Jesus had more healing through his ministry. He is the one we're supposed to learn from. But the system today skipped over and rejected Christ and his teachings in favor of paganism. 
My encouragement is that at some point we begin to embrace Christ and reject paganism so that we can have a Christ-like experience. In episode 12, I went over all of the scriptures that use the word doctor or physician. We saw that there are 14 uh, 14 verses in some translations. Three of them are actually accurately translated as either doctor of law, like lawyer or teacher. But there's a handful of less common translations that use that word as doctor instead of teacher. Uh, the other 11 times in the scripture, we go over and we see that there is not a single example from Genesis to Revelation of anybody ever being healed at the hands of a doctor, except for Luke and Luke was not using medicine. He was using the healing power of Jesus Christ and his authority in Christ to heal the sick. We see that there are a few examples of people suffering at the hands of physicians and spending all their money, but not getting any healing whatsoever. We also see an example where the scripture draws a distinction between pursuing the physicians versus pursuing God. And the man that pursued the physicians actually died for pursuing the physicians instead of pursuing God. Here I think it might start becoming more apparent that much of what we're taught as healing today is actually a stronghold and it's not the system that God himself established for us. In episode 13, titled Acts 4.12, I discuss the verse Acts 4.12 where it says there is no other name under heaven by which man must be saved. And that word saved is sozo. Another way of understanding that with the original meaning is there is no other name under heaven by which you must be physically healed, delivered for your soul, or redeemed for your spirit, the eternal life, the afterlife idea. In that particular episode, I really dig into the idea that if Scripture declares there is no other name except for Jesus Christ, but no other name under heaven by which I must be physically healed, then who am I pursuing for my physical healing? And is it possible that because I am pursuing someone other than Jesus, I just have Jesus in one hand and somebody else in the other hand that I'm pursuing for healing? Is that creating a double-mindedness? Is that a form of idolatry? Have I entered into like Peter was during the Mount of Transfiguration where Jesus is being transfigured and Peter goes, oh, there's Moses, there's Elijah, there's Jesus. Hey, Lord, let me make three tabernacles. Let me make you equal with these other two mighty men of God. And then God the Father rains down and says, no, you know, this Jesus is my son. Listen to him. God exalted Jesus above all other men, even above the mighty prophets, Elijah and Moses. Are we exalting Jesus above other men? Or are we pursuing men and hoping that Jesus will just show up somewhere along the way? If I believe that Jesus was real and that he was with me, I would literally have to walk right by him to go find someone else to pursue for healing. And yet, Christ himself is our healer. 
The encouragement in this message is not to condemn us for pursuing the world for healing, since I was raised in that system just the same as probably nearly everybody listening to my podcast. But the encouragement here is to say, okay, Lord, there's a way of thinking inside of me that causes me to skip right by you as though you're not even real. Go to this system that was established by men and hope that that will somehow lead to my salvation. Something has to shift in my belief system so that I begin to exalt Christ alone as my Savior. And that way I can begin to walk into a regular physical healing salvation experience from Christ. In episode 8, and yes, I realize this is out of order, in in episode 8 called Subscribing to Idolatry, I discussed the idea of what would happen if you lived in a nation where you were forced to pay into a system that was actually supporting a religion contrary to your own. I used a metaphorical concept, the idea of quantum salvation, which was just kind of a seemingly silly idea, but the idea of the government getting involved in regulating the teachings and practices of people bringing salvation to the spirit or various spiritual experiences designed to cause people to think they receive salvation, even if it wasn't genuine. I use that as an example to really paint the picture that we have actually done that, at least in my nation, because healing is supposed to come from Christ alone, but we have actually regulated an entire system that was founded upon paganism and idolatry And we have actually mandated from the government down that you will pay into this system and support that thing that's at war with Christ and his salvation. That's a present reality in our nation. And my encouragement to you is to talk to the Lord about that. Maybe consider asking the Lord to give you a system that lines up with your faith that you can financially support instead of supporting a system that's at war with your faith. In the final episode that I put in the series, which is called Healing With and Without the Gift for Healing, I included this to help encourage you to realize that anybody can learn to heal the sick. Anybody can. It's not something reserved for special people. Whereas modern day, we limit the practice of medicine to those who have been to an educational facility and had lots of, you know, uh, lots of experience experimenting on humans. We are not required to do that within the Christian world. We can learn how to pray for the sick and minister divine healing to them without all of that. You don't have to have a special gift, a special power, a special licensing, a special certification. You just have to have faith in God. If you don't understand how that faith practically applies, I'm going to be announcing something very soon to help you with that. But that particular episode is to help you realize this is not reserved for the the elect few. It's not just reserved for some special people. This is for everybody who puts their faith in Jesus Christ. Which means we don't have to have a system where healing is limited to a select few. But instead, every single person in the entire planet could learn to walk in this divine healing and health And each one of us can become responsible for fighting back sickness and disease 
so that it no longer exists in our lives or our children's lives. So ladies and gentlemen, everybody following my podcast, I ask you to consider, is the church waiting on the world to come up with a new drug to be the savior of mankind? Or is the world waiting on the church to show them he who is already the savior of mankind? I rest my case.